0: Welcome to our first episode of Winging It, <laughs> we're, we're, two, we're two 30-something dads exploring poopy diapers and the, the meaning, meaning of, of life, life, right? In some order. Yeah. I don't know which order, No, yet. I mean, I feel like the meaning of life is somewhere in a poopy diaper. I think you're probably right. Right?
1: That's some bad spelunking, we'll find that... You know, I have a story actually from last night. You do. Yeah. So, uh, well, before we before I tell the story, should we introduce ourselves? Oh man, I guess we should. All
0: right, yeah. I'm John Abdullah. I'm Patrick uh, Green, and we are delighted to be you know hosting this. I mean, we we have these conversations I feel like so often about parenting and life that we've never captured, and this felt like a good opportunity to just you know try it out, see if people like it, and uh, turn wing on a
1: mic, grab a conference room at work, and start talking. Yeah, me. this is during about our lunch break. Dips. So, so here's my story. So last night. We went to the Y, which I, I want to give a shout-out to. I know you're a fellow member. Absolutely. Freaking awesome place to go work out. It is. And they have free childcare. I've know, been included. a member
0: there membership. for like five years, and I've used it for maybe one of those years. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: it's better than kids, nothing. You but, know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. So uh, the big draw to me was that you can have childcare there. So, like, because I didn't want to lose time with the family, you know, and we work all day, and then we get home. And then totally. it's And like, the time is so limited. So I'm like, you know, if we can all go and do stuff, that's great. So we dropped off our kids last night. And uh, and when we picked them up, I, the the guy who was running this daycare thing said, um, "Just so you know, uh, one of your children was doing the, the poopy dance." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh my God, what's Not this what you want to hear no. And so we get home, and I and I was just I could smell that this was going to be. This was going to be epic. This was going to be like the Mad Max yeah. of diaper change. But you got him home successfully without it. You know? Yeah, somehow I don't know. I don't know why we could probably should have just done it there. But yeah, know, kind of this is hubris. You know, we flew too, too close <laughs> to the sun. So we get home and uh, he gets on the changing table and there's poop completely spread out on either side <laughs> of the diaper and it's, it's almost like instead of like defecating it's like he just dropped a bomb you know what i mean uh-huh. like it just the the like blast pet radius was so <laughs> was so broad and it went like out uh, both sides the back in the front and, I, and of course like the actual
0: like i mean with such a small being i don't understand how the where does it come from there's like such power that's con- like there's this consolidated power that just yeah. explodes yeah uh, I guess maybe because they're so small, you know. Maybe they have to get it out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah.
1: They're running out of space. I mean, now. my
0: little guy, he's uh three months now and he, he poops like every two days, two or three days. He just That's sa- it. he saves it all up really? and then boom.
1: It's like a chipmunk. Every single one is like an explosion. Right. It's so there's something beautiful but about that. I, I think, think so. You know? Yeah. But so anyway, anyway so, I so I'm changing yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this nightmare diaper last night and I'm just like completely uh in awe of how you can have poop covering every single bit of surface area of this kid, and yet the actual butt is like spotless. I'm yeah. Like, why does that happen? <laughs> like what? Like and why can't I learn how to do that again? Yeah, like, right. right. Never have to There's like. Some wipe. talent there. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, this is a great way to start this podcast. Out. Ima-
0: imagine if we uh don't ever do this, and and if you're listening and you're a parent, I don't recommend it either. I haven't yeah. done it. Don't but t- but just imagine if we took a blacklight. To uh, either ourselves, like just on any given day, our clothes, or or our room, you know, or, or the kids' room. And
1: the amount of just like. <laughs> the nightmare. The... <laughs> it's like Luminol on a CSI scene, you know, when they, when they spray it and, they're, and they're exactly and they see like, oh, this horrible it's murder everywhere. Happened. I think about that just sometimes. Just like do everywhere. I smell, do I smell poop? Oh, yeah. like maybe Poop and,
0: and spit up. I mean, there's at something. any given moment, I know there's some on my my person. Do you ever, like, go through the whole day at work and then get home and realize
1: that there's been just <laughs> barf on your shoulder for, like, oh, yeah. nine hours? Yeah. Usually I'm it's, like... like why like, did nobody burn, burn this up p- with yeah. me? Like, why... Like, are they... Am, am I that slovenly that they're just like, oh, he's got, like, it's, shit it's on it's his Pat. face Yeah, again. he doesn't yeah, really That's really just how he looks. No, if if a coworker is listening to this and I have actual vomit on my body, just tell me because I, I deserve do, to know. Do parents a solid and just point it out, you yeah. know? It, it's Spray lumenol on me. I won't get offended by it. I need to <laughs> don't know. Don't ever do the blacklight night. Don't, don't do the blacklight. No. So this podcast, you know, we were talking about... Um, Coming up with like sort of these these fundamental tropes of parenting, like these things that we encounter all the time, yeah, that are fun to talk about and real, and then allowing that to kind of uh, let, let the conversation blossom and kind of go wherever it goes. Yeah,
0: because you know I feel like we're in this interesting point in our lives uh, as thirty somethings, we'll go with that, uh, still sort of emerging from our own you know sense of identity and finding meaning in life through our you know journey thus far, um, while also coming to terms with sort of a merged identity as a, you know, with our kids as a parent and also figuring out how to pave the way for them to find meaning in their own lives, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like there there are some really great podcasts out there for parenting advice, day-to-day kind of stuff. I think of, uh, I think her name's Angela Lansbury. She runs a great one that I've listened to. Angela, isn't um, she the,
1: isn't she Murder She Wrote? <laughs> <laughs> isn't that Angela <laughs> Probably. Does she have a podcast about parenting? You know what? Is we'll, she like 109 we'll, years old. We'll add a
0: link to whatever it is. <laughs> I'm pretty. sure Either her first name is Angela or her last name is Lansbury. <laughs> that much I'm sure of. And uh, she has a good podcast. I'll, we'll have to throw a link in there. But you know what? This I podcast hope it's actually
1: Angela Lansbury. I music. hope so.
0: But I just I want to point out that this is not that podcast. You know, like right, we're, right. we're we don't know what we're talking oh, about. No. Not at all. We're we're figuring it out. I mean, don't get me wrong. We you know I think we're fairly educated and yeah. try to. Put a lot of
1: effort into parenting but at the end of the day uh we're winging it because you know? that's the thing with parenting is it's like you can read every book that exists yeah but none of it matters when you actually have a kid and you realize that it's like you're so exploring true. it proactively based on who they are and who you are and where yeah. you are in life at the given time so something that you had brought up as a good potential first topic for the show is stuff Right? the accumulation yeah. of stuff, and I think this came about because I was mentioning that we needed to unload some toys from our youngest to to your youngest because they're both boys. And that's right, you asked me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're gradually being like pushed out of the house by the amount of just <laughs> shit that we have for some reason. And this came to the fore for me, as I mentioned to you, um, when we had our, our youngest's birthday party, his first birthday, this was a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. I guess four months ago now. And um, for some reason, some extremely generous reason, he got a lot of like enormous presents. Like he got like a full kitchen set that's the size. Because of, like, a one year old kitchen, perfect. Gift, I know he's know? very culinarily he's gifted. Absolutely, he's really. They got to develop on that young. blue. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he's amazing. So we got like a full kitchen set, like a life size train. We got like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> it's the commuter rail. And then you got to put the tracks
0: through your house. Yeah,
1: you got to get zoning permissions. Man. Yeah, it's just the
0: worst. People don't realize this when they give you gifts, right? No, they don't. don't. They I, just I, give
1: you the permit and they're like start building, you know. And
0: you know, they have good intentions, I get it, but I mean, I'm sure he'd love a train, but you know what? Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> I mean, not
1: great. Maybe not a functional full size. Yeah. No, but it's like, you know, he got like a, a big train thing. He got the kitchen, he got uh, <clears throat> a table which is amazing it's like a hot wheels table mm-hmm. and it's the size of an actual kitchen table <laughs> like a big like an adult so you like, butcher your kitchen table yeah so I we just live yeah. a, on a hot wheels table now yeah, yeah and it's like this incredible thing and you know you can build these like 6 foot tall tracks off of it and so like again it's an amazing gift but we are really running out of space so so i so i mentioned to you mm-hmm. you know could you guys take any of it and in uh, your response to which was, I
0: immediately uh, said, absolutely not. I think you
1: screamed and then you <laughs> ran out. And <laughs> then you slammed the door. You ran. It was, it was like something cartoons when like they run through a wall and they leave like the exact silhouette. The imprint, of yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, because it it spurred you know a little bit of a conversation between us about just the how we can acquire so much stuff. I mean, and any any parent out there you know knows how this goes right from the get go. Um, you just even with a baby you know who isn't yeah. even walking or doing much of anything, you get so much stuff. I mean, yeah. I've got like so many different chairs that they can sit in. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, you know? And of course we don't need all this stuff. But the reason uh, we thought it'd be interesting to talk about this one a little bit more is because there is value in, in stuff, you know, objects that we acquire through through our lives, right? But there's also, um, I think especially in, in this country, a globbing onto material items uh, as meaning in and of themselves or as things of value that... Sort of determine. I don't know. I'm I'm not doing a good job articulating this, but I mean, and I'm not saying anything revolutionary here either. We know that we're sort of a materialistic society. Yeah, (laughs) we value acquiring more stuff. We're a capitalist society, right? Like that. I get it. You know.
1: Well, I mean, I feel like in some ways, as a society, we're actually kind of moving away from it. I think now. I think in our generation. Yeah, and that's like our generation in particular. Totally, I'm not helping with it because I'm acquiring some. Oh yeah, and I watch you know
0: tiny homes, and I'm like, I mean, I appreciate what you're doing. But you're really going to bring five kids into a you know a tiny home into a bucket, <laughs> into a bucket with a window on it. There's not even like a proper bathroom. You know, it's just like yeah. a multi-purpose. You just shit out the window. Yeah, yeah. it's a yeah. tub slash bed. You know, I mean, it's just a bit much. What more do you need, man? I want to see the follow-up videos. You know, like of these people, even just like a couple weeks or like later, nine years later. Yeah, they've just, already sold everything. They've gone feral. <laughs> just, like just harvesting animals in the. Forest. The divorce rate. I mean, there will be, be studies that. about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I, I do appreciate where it's coming from, and I feel like you know there was this sort of McMansion thing that happened with generation prior to us, I guess. Um, and now people are much more about like you know we don't actually
1: need all that space, which I which I think is great. Well, also things like the ride sharing economy, yes, the, the that absolutely of, of feeds Uber. into it. Yep. Um, the or home of, like, sharing. Home I mean, sharing think of Airbnb, Airbnb, HomeAway. Yep. Uh, this notion of like you know not paying for like a resort experience, but instead just like living with other people and totally. paying into it. Um,
0: yeah, so there is definitely the, the tide has turned on on you know how we value material objects. And actually, I've read some interesting articles about this and how and and could relate as a millennial how what we value more so our experiences. Right. But then we get into this place where we actually start to hoard experiences, and then FOMO comes out of this, right? Fear of FOMO. missing out. So the idea that you, you have to be everywhere, you have to capture everything, you know? If you don't um, document it socially, that it might exactly. not really happen. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's a, that's a topic maybe for another one that too, but topic, uh, yeah. but it all relates, I think, to this idea of like how we, where we find meaning in our lives, you yeah. know? And I, and I think it's it can become a really dangerous, um, slippery slope if we think, you know, more and more stuff, um, or even that... It's the stuff itself, you know, that has the value in mm-hmm. our lives. I don't know. I'm, I'm actually really interested in your thoughts on this in particular because I happen to know that um, you, <laughs> you are, a, I would say you're a passionate person. And when you become, like, a fan of something, like I think of Alien,
1: you know, I see your Facebook
0: post. You've got, like, yeah. an insane
1: number of we, Alien we have, toys. For, for those of and, you who don't know me listening to this, we have a room in our condo dedicated <laughs> to my Alien collection, uh, which is very valuable, let it be known.
0: Well, it's but talk worth to at least me. $1. Yeah, but talk to me about that because, you know, obviously there's the monetary value. Maybe maybe those are collector's items or whatever, but that's right. not why you're no, collecting that's not them. not why I'm
1: collecting it's It right. means
0: something to you, right? So so yeah. I, I don't want to, like... Uh, I don't want to ignore the fact that stuff that we acquire can have
1: a lot of value mm-hmm. in our lives. So, so yeah, What what is your experience through? It's you something know? that like, I feel the older I get, the more things from my childhood mean to me. And I think mm-hmm. it's because the further away you get from that phase in your life, the harder it is to recall certain sensory aspects of it. Yeah, totally. And to me, what really changed it, you know, when I was like a kid, I had this collection that was already out of control and it was in my bedroom of, of alien collectibles, you know? And, um, <clears throat> I had like my mom like let me like have a whole wall dedicated to it you know and it was something I was really proud of and then it's like I went to college and I kind of lost everything like it got put in boxes it got put yeah. away and I didn't want to put it all together again you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. Um, and I because it was still fresh enough in my mind that it was a part of my active day-to-day experience you know I didn't really think too much of it like it was still with me Yeah. and yeah. then I, I you know got older and had kids and I wanted to introduce them to this these passions from my youth you know Yeah. and I realized that I didn't have the physical totems that mm, brought me back to totems. it. Totems, yeah, that's you the know? word. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I actually went back to my in my parents' basement where all this stuff was was hidden. This is like four or five years ago. I'm glad it was still there. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big up, mom. Thank you for not throwing out. <laughs> oh, my mom tossed everything. I've got nothing. Left. Yeah, yeah, some of some of my there's still there's still times where I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Like I definitely <laughs> had this like remote control monster. What happened to so those beanie babies. babies? Yeah, the those, beanie babies. Course, They'll I'm be still... worth millions someday. <laughs> Why do I oh, have my man. twelve? Furbies I anywhere?
0: saved the uh, the Pepsi cans when Phantom Menace came out. Yes, that? well those are actually worth money now. Yeah. Well, I got rid of them. Yeah. Well, the well, thing is, here's the thing: I saved them, right? But um, I drank from them first, thinking right. like, but that's that's not going to be valuable. You have to you have to actually keep them. Preserved, well, and that's the thing right? is
1: that to me the monetary aspect has no bearing yeah. on the collectability. Totally, there are plenty. Like I'm in a group on Facebook of like fellow obsessive collectors of this stuff. And many of them have these collections that are worth, you know, $70,000. Wow. have You know, this these amazing sculptures and things. Yeah, yeah. And to me, that is not what's valuable. To me, the valuable thing is the connection to, to the imagination that I had mm. as a kid. And the effect that these things had on me, right? Yeah. Like, there's one particular toy. It's a gorilla alien manufactured by Kenner in 1992 that I saw for the first time when I was seven years old. And I fell in love with it. Wow. In a really genuine way. I was like, that is – because it represented all these things I had never thought of. Like, you know, I I was just getting into Star Wars. I was just getting Mm. into space stuff. And here was this alien that was so beautiful and scary and weird and cool. And I couldn't stop thinking about, like, what, where that creature came from or why it looked the way it did or why it had evolved to look like that, you know. Wow. So then I started making all these stories up. And then finally I got the rest of the toys. And i that was, like, a big thing in my childhood. Mm. So, so this was, like, to, around 22? This was yeah. one week yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, Because you sound
0: like a pretty evolved child thinking about that at that level.
1: <laughs> yeah, totems, yeah. <laughs> um, but now, like, our eldest and I, we both um, – like play with these toys like on a nightly basis now. That's awesome. And, and, and I've, since now I have money to do this, I've gone back and actually gotten functioning versions of things that have broken yeah. through the years, <laughs> gotten things that still like have the electronics functioning. And so we can really play and come up with new stories. And then something that's been nice for me kind of pivoting out of this is um, he's been getting really into Pacific Rim lately oh wow which is a movie that I never cared about yeah but like I kind of like had that's a that's the one by um, Guillermo del Toro yeah he's yeah. Um, a big fan of his oh, work was incredible yeah. um, I haven't seen the latest one yet but Neither I'm excited to see I that see that
0: but wow, so but, uh, so your son really got into that, huh? Yes,
1: we got into Pacific Rim on his own without yeah. daddy's like crazy <laughs> How did he excessive... even discover it? I know, I know. Browsing well, cause, Netflix. Because I like, you know, we had it and he was like, okay yeah, yeah. robot, you know? Of course, yeah. So we watched it together and I was like, <clears> kind of like, okay on it. And he was like really passionate about it. That's he awesome. He was singing the theme song. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to get into this with him. Yeah. Like, this will be something that he will drive. Yeah. And so, um, like he was like teaching me about it, like, you know, because of his imaginary things, just making of course, me up about yeah. what they're doing. And then we watched it again and I was like, Oh, I really like this movie. I see the value in it now. And now it's like a thing that we do, like, you know, we, we have the graphic novels and we draw them. That's awesome. We color things on the internet. And it's like Become, and I know that when he is a 32-year-old dad, mm-hmm. he's going to see a Pacific Rim toy somewhere and be like, oh, man, that was yeah. such an important and thing he's to me. forever
0: going to be a fan of Idris Elba, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, who's not? I mean, yeah. Oh, my God. Seriously.
1: Um, he's That's incredible. awesome. But, but so the idea is that for me, stuff is, it's, it's, a, it's an intrinsic and an intrinsic and it's a mm. part of who I am, and I can't really do anything about it. My mm-hmm. personality functions uh, in a way that stuff of certain mimetic meaning, right. is important to me. I you know?
0: yeah, and I was really interested in hearing you talk through that because um, I think my relationship with stuff. I've been thinking a lot about this, you know, in the context of my own kids. I have a, a two and a half year old and now a three month old. And uh, with the two and a half year old, it's like every year I can relate to what you were just saying with the birthday because you know every year it's like more and more people are just like you know they have good intentions and they get so much more stuff. the The problem that I'm finding. And what I've tried to even push back on with, you know, gift giving during the holidays is what I'll call disposable stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can get a lot of kind of neat toys for pretty cheap and you can get a bunch of them <laughs> as right. opposed to just getting like one nice thing, you know, that that kid will use. Mm-hmm. And so I I've felt like uh, there are times where she'll just get all this like disposable kind of stuff. Or like you see this at like birthday parties with the little um, giveaway, you know, gift you bags and Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And that stuff just accumulates so quickly.
1: And so, what do you do with it? And like, that's have to display the thing. It She's so interested like...
0: in it for like a day, <clears throat> right? You know, and uh, and then you know, we we often will just start making a box full of stuff that we then bring to a thrift store or mm-hmm. give away to other people or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I feel like as a society, we've been more and more okay with. Just paying less for stuff and uh, and getting more of it, mm-hmm. and that's the part that I'm trying to be more conscious about and you know push back on. But I, what I appreciate and mm. maybe haven't given as much thought to is uh, the stuff that is going to leave a lasting impression. You know, like you yeah. were just saying, and and that uh, you know that she'll have for a while and and really ascribe her own meaning to. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like, it's interesting. Like it,
1: it's, it's if it's something that inspires a genuine passion or mm. curiosity. Yeah. Then I say like. Keep it, you know? Totally. It becomes this totemic reminder of something in your imagination, you know? Because as we get older, we have less brain space for that. We have less, like, available resources or time to just sort of, like, you know, imagine and play. It's so true.
0: And I feel like... We just lose that, you know? It's kind of beaten out of us in this uh, world, I think. There's just no time, you know? I remember how how incredibly... I I used to get so much... um, Value, that's a weird way of putting it. It used to be so much fun for me just to, you know, play. The thing with me is, I had all these, you know, uh, action figures, um, and it it didn't actually matter to me at the time, I think, like who they even were. Like, they were random wrestlers and, you know, mixed in with superheroes. And, you know, at the time, certainly I I liked them, but I don't, I can't even recall exactly what they were. It was more just the action of acting out these scenes
1: right you know and you could disappear into these moments oh it was wonderful there's this amazing so i gotta take you to the store yeah, it's, yeah. A mall fam. it's called the outer limits it's a comic store that's also like a great collectibles resource that we mm-hmm. go to and and actually uh i work from home on most fridays and i uh, when i picked jude up from school instead of like taking a lunch break we go to the comic store and like see what's new this week you nice know? yeah so it's become like a nice tradition yeah and um <clears throat> they have this like amazing collection of just like old random stuff and um in that old random stuff they have a lot of just loose action figures for like a dollar you know mm-hmm. and combing through those buckets of loose action figures I see all these things that like <laughs> the, the the immediacy of the impact of like oh my god I had so much fun with this like so toxic Avengers yes. figure uh-huh. you know uh-huh. or this like Ninja Turtles villain that oh, like I man, completely Ninja forgot Turtles. existed yeah. and you see it and it, it's like takes you back so fast you know yeah um, yeah you're right I, I mean that's where the totem part it comes into
0: play it just it gives you it gives you like a little time portal right back to yeah. that place you were at. But
1: I, I feel like I, I feel like trapped. But like I feel like that's a bad thing in my personal life. Hmm. Like I, I feel like I'm, I'm becoming too dependent on that. Like I'm having a hard time stripping myself myself of things. <laughs> stripping myself. <laughs> well, of maybe. Things, maybe that. Um, what you know, do you think would happen if you did? Value. Well, I would, p- I would. I would. I would go on to mourn the loss of them. You know. Yeah. Not everything, but certainly something. Like for example, like I have this big Grand Moff Tarkin figure. Yeah. Um, which came from that same store actually. and You know, I just love Tarkin. He's one of my favorite Star Wars villains. I think it's such he's such a... pretty and I great. love Peter Cushing. He's, like, mm-hmm. one of my absolute favorite actors. And so I, like, saved up for a while, and I got this big, ridiculous doll of Tarkin that, that lives, like, on our <laughs> television, basically.
0: You're probably one of the only kids who... Wait, so you got that recently?
1: No, I got Not, that, like, like maybe about four months ago. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I was gonna say,
0: you were one of the only children who would have actually wanted a Tarkin
1: doll. I right, assume. exactly. There's a reason he was the one that was in the collection. Exactly. Store. But, um you know like that's something that like i I really wanted and now that i have it i don't use it like i'm not like playing with this doll. yeah but having it there is it's almost like a way of physicalizing my internal life i think that's Mm. what it is to me yeah i think and i don't know where this is even going but i think i'm a very internally active person like i'm I'm thinking about a lot of things and i'm remembering a lot of things on a pretty regular Regular. basis yeah yeah which is part of why i I can't concentrate on anything because i always (laughs) think about this stuff and i feel like Having, like, a, an external link to that, like, mm-hmm. to be like, oh, this is something that has been inside of me, and now it's, like, externalized, and, and other people can see it, and I can share who I am with them in a more direct way for whatever reason I would want to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think
0: that's powerful. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's making me reflect on my own sort of um, perspective on the past, and I think I... I can see how I may have inherited this from my parents to some extent, but I'm very much, like, I move on to a new... I think of my life almost in chapters, and... I mean, I think I'm a reflective person, but I also don't have much attachment to the past. (laughs) Really? Like there, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm being a little too general, but, um, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Like I've moved a bunch of times I've lost, you know, there's a bunch of stuff I've gotten rid of and I don't feel like I'm missing out on any of that. Like, I don't know that I got attached enough to it. I mean, I have my own attachments to, like, you know, technology, for example, mm-hmm. and, and gadgets and all that kind of stuff that, like, makes me happy. You know, I, I kind of immerse myself in that, which is also, you know, has some negatives. But uh, when it comes to actual, like, stuff, like, the, the thing I tried to think about is this. If, if hey, I hate to put it in such terrible terms, maybe there's a better, more positive way of this happening, but let's just say, <laughs> if your house burned down and everything was gone, everybody was safe, you know, you were all working or whatever, you are out, and you had to restart... Do you think you would end up in the same place? I think I would be fine. Yeah. Well, and I feel the same way. I think I I'd know, be fine as well. But
1: then, I don't know why, but I'm picturing that. Like my, my aunt's house burned down. My yeah. Aunt's house. Oh man, this they got, got morbid. Fine. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Everybody was fine. But uh, in that house was one of the most impressive comic book collections like ever. Oh, it was my man. uncle's and then my cousin's uh both of my my cousins that grew up there you know they've since moved out obviously because they're adults but like but everybody's comics were in that basement and the whole house burned down and with it this whole floor Ugh. Um, and they've rebuilt the house and you know again everybody was fine which is the most important of course thing. yeah yeah but um the loss of those comics i remember thinking that's going to be so devastating for them and yeah it's like they never even thought about it <sighs> wow and I, and I realized that like if our house burned down as long as my family was okay yeah like i wouldn't even give it second thought about yeah, the loss yeah. of things and in some ways it would almost like emblazon it into my heart forever because i would know mm. when i would think of those things that like we endured and we survived it you know? yeah
0: yeah totally i hear you are there other well, places cur- well, yeah go well, what i'm curious about i guess there's two things one is you know what is what are the things that would rise to that level of of you know mourning them right that you lost them in that scenario and the other is maybe more interested in is uh how would you do you think you'd end up in the same place over over the next you know five years or whatever what would your house look like you know would you actually if you had to do it all from scratch is really what i'm getting at would you end up in the same place
1: you know maybe the maybe the problem is that i've never experienced loss like that Mm. before Mm. right Mm -hmm. like i've never like my parents still live at the house that i grew up in yeah um it still looks more or less the same. Yeah, like yeah. There, there are traditions in my life that I can rely on that make me comfortable. Mm-hmm. So that despite the vicissitudes of having a busy professional life and artistic life and you know family life and all these things, I know that when I go back to my parents' house, that like I'm I'm comforted comforted by that. Yeah, and um, and I think losing something like that can be really important for people and, and having them like kind of let go. Of I things. think that's right. Yeah. And I've just never really experienced that. But but you have. I mean, I hope you don't have to.
0: I have, I guess, yeah. I mean, I've had a few moves in my life. You know, when I was younger, we, we moved around a few times. You know, it's not like I was an army kid or something. It wasn't every every week or month or something. But you changed but, schools? Um, um, no, actually. I was lucky enough not okay. to have to change schools. You changed houses. Uh, you know, I changed schools from preschool into kindergarten. But that was like, right. that's what you do anyway. Yeah. We moved at that moment. And then I moved again when I was like 14. So I, at least, you know, all my elementary school was in one place and then, um, high school and maybe even a little middle school was in another place. And then after that I moved into college. So they actually lined up with different sort of chapters in my life anyway, mm. but through that experience, I don't feel like I have sort of a, you know, a roots kind of place. Whereas, you know, I, I talked to my wife about this and she has, her family still lives in the same house and we go there all the time. And that's like the central place where we have family gatherings and she still that she has that connection, you know? Right. And I haven't had that. And, uh. I don't know I guess maybe that must have played into the way that I look at other sort of material objects in my life and that I use the word disposable in a negative way about you know kind of cheap stuff that we collect in our lives but I guess in a way maybe that's how I'm looking at stuff generally (laughs) right right um which I don't I don't want to you know like I I do I do believe in what you've just talked through in that it some stuff actually helps us access memories in ways that the intangible can't Mm. you know I don't know it's a balancing act and For me now, it's like trying to think about what I want my kids' relationship to be with stuff. Right. You know, not to... uh, Because stuff
1: to them in 30 years will be very different. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, because we're headed more and more into this virtual world, Right. right? Where stuff, it's less and less tangible. And so... Uh, you know, for the thing we have consistently collected with my kids is books, you know, because mm-hmm. that's like the thing you're supposed to do, right? <laughs> Read a lot of books to your kids. And, and she, my daughter loves books, and, and I love that she loves them.
1: Yeah, we should talk um, about books sometime too because I, I feel yeah. like, there's been, like one of the great things about being a parent is discovering truly great kids Ugh, literature. It's so good. And when you find something that's really – I mean it is – yeah absolutely amazing so it really you gotta is bookmark that to talk about uh, right?
0: bookmark it right?
1: um, <laughs> but yeah collecting books with kids but
0: yeah. but yeah books but in terms of other objects i guess my general feeling has been I, i'm kind of happy that as of now my daughter hasn't become obsessed with any one thing like i remember when i was her age or or you know a little older even i had one of those uh, you know remember those pillow people i think they were called they're like these, no, but it sounds
1: horrifying. Yeah, like.
0: <laughs> I mean, he pretty much looked like Spongebob. You know, he's like a, a yellow person pillow. A pillow with arms on and legs and stuff. Pi-
1: it's a functioning pillow. I guess.
0: I don't remember. That's that kind of weird, like a, though.
1: That sounds like a nightmare.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah, totally. But I had it, you know, all, with me all the time. Right. And uh, I don't re- remember the details of having to, you know, get rid of it. I think my parents just decided I was old enough or something. Or maybe mm-hmm. it got ripped up enough times, you know, my mom sewed it. Um, and that was something that stands out to me, which I don't... Feel any sort of um, mourning for anything like that I mean I was probably too young but uh, anyway I was thinking I, I'm kind of happy that so far my daughter hasn't had one of those things like mm. she seems to be pretty you know content with whatever <laughs> yeah
1: right.
0: Um. you know she's got an Elmo that she likes but like whatever she I don't know how much she would notice if he was gone
1: yeah
0: um, and she's only two and a half so I'm sure it's gonna change but
1: but still at two and a half our eldest was um, already completely like showing like a very obsessive yeah. Streak, which which he 100% got for me, which I <laughs> like, but I also I don't. But fight there's it because, something like no, there's, there's something so joyful there. Well, and within my for for my personality, mm-hmm. it, like it's something I can't avoid, and it's something yeah. that brings me actual joy. See,
0: and, I love the intentionality. I think that's what I love so much about your relationship with those things. It's not mm. like you're just getting something because it's cool or like you know. It's not at all disposable. It actually does right. convey a deep meaning, right? Right. And so I feel like that's
1: probably a healthy relationship with stuff. I think it, it is. If if I mean, I feel like you kind of have to keep tabs on yourself and see yeah. what your own relationship is with it. But like, right. for example, our eldest is just complete, just completely obsessed with Hot Wheels. But mm-hmm. it's, I, I know that like every kid, especially every, like stereotypical <laughs> cisgender boy kid, right, right, loves Hot Wheels. But like, but but he is. I mean he's a really very different level like he has like just an insane collection at this point because it's what everybody always gets him and he plays with them in very sophisticated ways like he'll make color spectrums will like line them all up and like, wow kind of, like the colors changing like this morning he was like grouping together cars when i woke up this morning he had already been up doing this he was grouping together all the cars that had like teeth like fake faces on yeah, them. yeah 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 and calling them like bat cars and then he had them like in this like you know Wow. Not like he's like autistic, but it's almost like that level of yeah, he's yeah, really Honing in on something. In uh-huh, this thing. Uh-huh. and that's exactly definitely your son. I am. Right, yeah. Yep. And um and, and I love that, and I know that for him to be honest to himself, he has to embrace that, you know? Totally. And I feel like to me being happy in life, if, if there's anything that I've learned, it comes down to being honest with yourself. Ah, uh, yeah. You know I, mean? and, I think that's so true. And like and if if you if you have and I feel like I'm just getting this now. As a mm-hmm. 32 year old, I'm just getting to a point where, like, I kind of get myself, mm-hmm. and I'm not upset about it. I'm not like I don't worry about my deficits or my shortcomings. I can still I relate to that. Accept who I am. It feels good, doesn't it? It feels it's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like I have this woman that I am completely in love with that I share everything with, and these kids that are. I mean, life changing. What know? more could you ask? For? And that's, that's it. The thing. And we're that's at this absolutely. point where if it's like I down, and they were okay. I'd be like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think about. Yeah, it. Yeah, you know? if I got poop all over my shirt, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right? No, it's, it's, there's nothing that fundamentally, even though in the moment there can be frustrations, <laughs> there's nothing that like will take me down from that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And um, and part of of that process of of finding my wife and having these kids and like and finding what I really love to do, um, has been. Realizing that, like I'm kind of an eccentric person, and that that's like okay because that's I something can't to do embrace. anything about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I, I will always care more about more things than most people that I will run into at, <laughs> any, at any given time, and there's nothing wrong with people not being like that too. You know? Totally. Like, because I used to think, you know, you, you have this kind of solipsistic relationship with yourself when you're like in high school, right? Like, you think like you're the most interesting person in the world, and everybody else is just like <laughs> everyone's in this, that like you know
0: Dosa Keys guy, basically. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> right. Right. Were you like that when you were a kid? At all? Oh my god! I, think I that's was natural, right? I was such a little asshole. Yeah, me too. In yeah, high school.
1: I, oh my god, I was so judgmental. My wife can the, attest
0: to that. (laughs) Um, I met her just after, you know, that, that summer before college and after high school and I was a different person and I, I, I feel like I owe so much to her to sort of helping me mature into Dude, me more empathetic. And, I owe you know, so I, much to your wife. <laughs> I think, yeah.
1: <laughs> My wife has done the same, done the same thing. So me, totally.
0: with her and then and then the college experience of learning more about the world and getting outside yourself, I mean, yeah, such a critical point. But anyway, it's not so, to go too far off so topic there. It's
1: important, though, to get that.
0: It is. And I think you know? that what you just said about the eccentricity and finding it in your life and embracing it, I feel like I kind of worry about people who don't have some ex- eccentricity. You know what I mean? Like, mm. is it... Is it possible if you're really uh, embracing yourself and being honest with yourself I not to have so.
1: something? I think it is. I think it's okay. Yeah? Know? Just to be a I boring ass people, vanilla? I think most people are kind of like that, you know? <laughs> like most people like have – Really? Like, say they're just like they're really but they big. must go
0: home and have some like, you know – Little gerbil collection, or like a... <laughs> you're making the weirdest sounding person. I know right? that was the weirdest. The
1: only thing they care about is their gerbil collection <laughs> that they go, which, of course, they're completely naked. When they, oh yeah, know, they, and yeah, stuff. None off. of them yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, they're are... all taxidermy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's hey, what I love. I embrace, embrace your yourself.
1: Um, um, no, I'm a little I worried about that
0: person actually. But what, what, but what, other than that,
1: I think I think there are a lot of people in the world, probably most people in the world, who are kind of in that bucket of people who just like they 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 have like realistic goals and yeah. like they're really happy hitting those goals, and that's amazing. Yeah. And they are, like, just sort of stable, happy people that go to work, and they come home, and they have normal problems, and they're okay, and they follow sports, and, like, you know, like, they they have some things that they're really into, you know, but they're not, like, necessarily, like, staying up working on it, you know? Right. And I think that there are a lot of people also in another bucket, which to me is more problematic, which is um, they are not like that mm-hmm. but because society makes that a mm. uh, more you know normal there's honest, an internal thing, battle there yeah. they, they stifle their real passions and they do things that they don't care about yeah. or they love people that they that they don't actually love mm. you know?
0: undoubtedly i still um, i still work I, I don't know i'm not i'm not on board with the idea that the majority or even a large portion of the population is in that first camp though maybe i feel like they just aren't embracing I mean it's not a criticism I and mean, I'm not saying like somehow we've discovered you know how to embrace our eccentricity or whatever but I I feel like everyone's got something
1: you know yeah. like I don't know it's interesting but I mean you're 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 probably right but but I I do get the sense that uh a lot of people in the world just sort of enjoy being alive and having normal interests and things mm-hmm. and like you know retire like they want to work towards retirement they have like a pretty good game plan for how to get there and then once they get there they're going to like golf because that's something <laughs> they've always enjoyed you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah um, i don't and, i feel like we're all in this place of well maybe not all but i feel like the majority is in this pursuit of happiness uh-huh. and the focus is the pursuit like they're never going to actually get there right that's a whole separate <laughs> it's a whole a separate, separate thing right thing. we'll cue that up but, for next time around i mean
1: but, Who's to say? Because you can never get into somebody else's internal. No, it's mind. true. It's true. Yeah. But to me, regardless of all that, the important thing is that um, as we go on in life, we find more acutely who we actually are. Mm. And to be happy is to open yourself up to that. You know,
0: I so totally agree. And then as a parent, it's about helping your child find that. Yeah. And interestingly, you know, in hearing you talk about your relationship with your son, there's a complexity there of figuring out who they are going to be. Yeah. And some of that is bound up in who you are. You're, give, you're in, you know, nature and nurture is going on there. You're giving that to them. But some of it is like giving them the space to, you know, figure that out and uh, to to for you as a parent to embrace them in the same way that you've embraced your own self.
1: It's so hard to do um, that, though, isn't it's, it? It's, yeah. I mean, I hope. It's so I, I hard hope, to not look at them as like cyphers for yourself oh, an age. Oh, it's absolutely no.
0: and you know they're so young now that i mean mostly they are absorbing who we are right. as a model and as they get out there in the world they're going to you know model themselves after other people and and learn more and discover more um but you know we're we're almost out of time i mean just coming back to this idea of stuff i feel like for me and talking this through more we can have healthy relationships with stuff it's about figuring out you know where that balance is keeping ourselves in check and uh I don't know. I I guess we all just have different relationships. I think
1: it's just about awareness. Yeah. It's about taking stock of the stuff in your life and asking if it matters or not. And if it does, good for you. And
0: intentionality, like you said, you know, or I said it about you, I guess. But (laughs) uh, (laughs) I like that idea of being really intentional about the stuff that you acquire. And it's not just, you know. Getting getting it because you feel like you have to the the peer pressure of it right, like because right, there's right. also that part of it the right. status thing you know right. I've got to get that thing because everybody else does or, right. or all the other kids do you know I imagine that's going to be a big challenge once yeah. they're a little older um, but hey we're gonna we're gonna mess up this yeah. is why we're winging it you know it's, uh,
1: <laughs> this is why we're winging it I mean trademark.
0: <laughs> well, and, and, you know, the, the, I, we should mention that the, where that actually came from, that idea of winging it. Yeah. Uh, there's, you haven't seen it yet, but I've talked about this moment in the movie Boyhood where, uh, you know, this tracks his journey through life. It's told through real actors who are growing up uh, over the course of 12 years, and it's just an amazing movie. And at the end of it, you know, it's not, not a spoiler. I don't think it's possible to really spoil this movie. Um, he's like 18 or so, and he looks over at his dad, and he's like, Dad, what's the point of it? And his dad's just, like, a little taken aback. This is Ethan Hawke who plays his dad, and he's just like, what's the point of it? Hell, if I know. <laughs> we're all just winging it. Uh, something like that. I probably did a bad job of quoting him. But but I love the idea of uh, that no one's got it figured out. You know, we really don't. I mean, I, I just I don't buy it, you know. And and that's kind of where um, this podcast comes into play. I feel like we're not – we don't have the answers, but it's in exploring – um these life moments and and the poopy diapers that you know we're just sharing what we see and hopefully a little bit of it's useful and probably it's gonna be not so useful
1: right but but, <laughs> but at least at least we can document the journey as we go through it together as exactly. friends and colleagues and dads you know and like yeah and seeing where we are and, and what our lives are at any given time and, and where the wisdom can be found in that totally.
0: Yeah, or not found.
1: Or, no, or, or not found. Yeah, but we'll laugh about it. Yeah, it's been fun, man.
0: Yeah, it has. Yeah. Good first episode. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, talk to you soon. All right. Bye.